we're going to do today is I, I um, we're going to go through the very end of Tefillah, or at least the very end of Tefillah in the Ashkenazi Sidur at Shachris that is said by the entire congregation as part of the Tefillah process, followed by Kaddish, right? Then You ready? Yep. So we have is the Shir Shel Yom. So if you turn to page 162, we see that there is a different psalm that is recited each day of the week. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Shabbos, we have a different psalm. Now, in the English, it says Sunday, right? But what's the actual words that we say? Yom Rishon Shabbat. Yom Rishon Shabbat. Right? So what would, what, what would be the difference between if it said Lish Shabbat versus Bash Shabbat? To or in or right. at. Right. So one of them is you're counting to the days of Shabbat. Right? So like Shabbat is a distinct entity from the days of the week. And it is a distinct entity from the days of the week. But when you say ba or bi, I'm sorry, ba Shabbat, what you mean to say is, is that this is actually the first of the unit of the entirety is encompassed with the word Shabbat. In other words, everything of the week is a buildup to Shabbat. It's not that there's a distinct day, day one, day two, day three, day four. No, it's all in the context of Shabbat, right? In fact, by the way, according to the Ramban, Nachmanides, when we say today is the first day of the week, which is the first day of Shabbat, today is the second day of the Shabbat, today is the third day, and so on, right? What we're actually fulfilling is a Torah commandment of Zachor et Yom HaShabbat Likacho. Right? There's a couple of different places in the Torah that says we need to remember. It says we need to remember Yitziat Mitzrayim. It says we need to remember Amalek. Right? Amalek, we say we need to remember that once a year. Minimum of once a year, we need to do some sort of actual affirmation or statement remembering what they did to us. Right? When it comes to Yitziat Mitzrayim, Zichirat Yitziat Mitzrayim, we do that every day of the year twice. And on Pesach, we do it a third time, right? At the Seder. When it comes to remembering Shabbat, so the simple understanding is that every Shabbat, we do something to remember that. What do we do? We make Kiddush. According to many, when we make Havdalah, that's also a fulfillment of the Torah obligation of remembering that this is Shabbos. In other words, by signifying that this is the beginning of Shabbos, we're remembering Shabbos. By signifying this is the end of Shabbos, we're remembering Shabbos. Okay? The suggestion is made by the Ramban that not only those it's not only remembering Shabbos in that context, but every day of the week, you are obligated to say this is the first day of the week, which ends with Shabbos, effectively. But what was that word you said? Shocks or something? I couldn't understand that. Shabbos, probably. You said Shabbos. Okay, it, sound, it sounded like shocks. <laughs> no, no, no. I probably said either Shabbos or Shabbat. And okay. Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay, now. So, but why do we make this, why do we say a daily song? What's that all about? Okay, so we have as a Gemara in Rosh Hashanah. And the Gemara in Rosh Hashanah teaches us what used to happen. So every day of the week, while the Kohanim, while the priests were doing the service in the Beit HaMikdash, in the temple, the Levites would sing a song. And the song that they would sing was different for each day of the week. The Gemara expands on the topic of the daily psalms recited by the Levites. It is taught in a Brita that Rabbi Yehuda said in the name of Rabbi Akiva. On the first day of the week, what psalm would the Levites recite? The psalm beginning with the phrase, the earth is the Lord's and its fullness. 
in commemoration of the first day of creation, because on that day he acquired the world and transferred it to man. And he was the only ruler in the world, in his world, as the angels were not created until the second day. So let's read the psalm. Let's look inside of David a psalm. Hashem's is the earth and its fullness, the inhabited land and those who dwell in it. For he founded it upon seas and established it upon rivers. Who may ascend the mountain of Hashem and who may stand in the place of his sanctity? One with clean hands and pure heart, who has not sworn in vain by my soul and has not sworn deceitfully. He will receive a blessing from Hashem and just kindness from the God of his salvation. This is the generation of those who seek him, those who strive for your presence, Jacob, Selah. Raise up your heads, O gates, and be uplifted, your ever, you everlasting entrances, so that the King of glory may enter. Who is this King of glory? Hashem, the mighty and strong. Hashem, the strong in battle. Raise up your heads, O gates, and raise up your everlasting entrances, so that the King of glory may enter. Who then is the King of glory? Hashem, master of allegiance. He is the King of glory, Selah. Okay? So, this is a reference to when they were going to be coming to the Beis HaMikdash for the very first day. Right? This is David HaMelech singing a song and alluding to the fact that in the future, David wants to build the Beis HaMikdash. What does Hashem tell him? Nope, you cannot build it. You have too much blood on your hands. Right? The house of peace cannot be built by the person who brought bloodshed into the world, notwithstanding that it was essential for the fulfillment of the Jewish mission. So David wants to build it. Hashem says, no, your son Solomon is going to build it instead. So David says these verses of praise to Hashem. And he says, what's going to bring the entrance for Hashem into this world? It's when the Jewish people are doing the right thing. When we seek him, when we act with utter integrity and, and an upright ethical standard, then we will bring godliness into this world. So it's a reference to, in a very, very immediate sense, the Beis HaMikdash opening up its gates for the presence of God. But of course, it's also a reference on a more metaphysical and metaphor sense. It's a reference to us being able to open up our gates for godliness to pervade our lives and to pervade the world. The way that will take place is when we live this upright lifestyle. Interestingly enough, when Shlomo Malach builds the Beis HaMikdash, so the gates don't open, right? Famously, until he says, open in the name of, of my father then the gates open. Right? So there, there's an irony here that he's the one making the psalm that should allow for Hashem's presence to be um, pervasive in this world. And that this, in this merit, his son actually says, in my father's merit, shall you open up? And it does open up. And that's what we say on day one. So first of all, Hashem's is the earth and its fullness, the inhabited land and those who dwell in it. Hashem created the world. That's day one. Why are we focused on integrity? Well, because day one means it's back to the grind, right? There's no weekend, right? If you're a farmer, there's no like, yeah, I don't work on Sundays. Yeah, no, the cows are just going to have to wait to get milk to Monday because, you know, it's the weekend, man. I got to relax. These days we have a four-day work week. Soon it's going to be a three-day work week. I need time to relax. By the time I finish relaxing, I'm so tired from relaxing. I need to have another day off, right? So in those days when you're a farmer, you worked on Sunday. Your break was Shabbos, and that was it. So you're going back to work. You're going back to affecting physical change in the world. Well, you need to remember the way to bring godliness into this world is through an upright business dealings, through upright dealings with others in this physical world. Alana, you want to say something? Yes. Um, I see here it says, 
he acquired the world and transferred it to man? What does it mean? If he created it, how can he acquire it? Yeah. So look at the Hebrew. Yes. What does it say in the Hebrew? Kone. Uh, kone. Hmm. Kone. Kone has different connotations. Mm -hmm. Okay. True. What are the yeah. what are the connotations of kone? Well, usually uh, through payment, uh, you pay and you get something in return. Yeah. To buy. I mean, the translation would be yeah. to buy. Modern modern implication would always be kone liknot would be to buy to purchase something, right? Yeah. Um, but the 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 translation in lashon hakodesh, the translation actually means to have ownership on. It doesn't imply that the ownership necessarily came from someone else. It implies a connection, the unique connection with the object that the owner has to it. Okay. So it doesn't mean acquired, right? We actually say this in Shimon Ezra. We say, Kone Hakal, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Does that mean that Hashem bought everything? Who did he buy it from? Right? How much yeah. did he pay for it, right? Yeah, so that's why it kind of threw me off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so we use Kone as a little bit of a different term. It's more related to the to, on a very physical level world, but it, it refers to the fact that Hashem created the world. Okay? So that's day one. That's day one. What's on the second day of the week? On the second day of the week, what psalm would the Levites recite? The psalm that begins, great is the Lord and highly to be praised in the city of our God, his sacred mount. This is because on the second day of creation, he separated his works, divided between the upper waters and the lower waters and ruled over them as king. And this psalm speaks of God, of Jerusalem as the city of a great king. So let's read that psalm. A song, a psalm by the sons of Korach. Great is Hashem and much praised in the city of our God, Mount of His Holiness. Fairest of sights, joy of all the earth is Mount Zion, by the northern side of the northern sides of the great king's city. In her palaces, God is known as the stronghold. For behold, the kings assembled. They came together. They saw and they were astounded. They confounded and hastily fed, fled. Trembling gripped them there, convulsions like a woman in birth travail. With an east wind, you smashed the ships of Tarshish. As we heard, so we saw in the city of Hashem, master of illusions, in the city of our God. May God establish it to eternity. Selah. We hope, O God, for your kindness in the midst of your sanctuary. Like your name, O God, so is your praise. To the ends of the earth, righteousness fills your right hand. May Mount Zion be glad. May the daughters of Judah rejoice because of your judgments. Walk about Judah, walk about Zion, and encircle her. Count her towers. Mark well in your hearts her ramparts. Raise up her palaces that you may recount it to the succeeding generation. That this is God, our God, forever and ever. He will guide us like children. So point number one is Hashem created the world. That's day one. Point number two, on day two, Hashem now divided, right? Right at the beginning, we say Hashem divided because this is the day when he created the firmament, right? So since it's the day that he created his firmament, well, then this is the day that we can start referencing God as interacting with the world, Right? Interacting with the world with judgment. So now we can point to this is my God and I shall uplift him, right? I shall glorify him, right? Now you can do that only once there starts being a physical change in this world after creation. Now, Jerusalem is a stand-in for the fact that Hashem rules over the world, right? Jerusalem is not, Jerusalem, of course, is a reality, but it is the space in which we are able to sense Hashem's presence. Israel is the place where Hashem's presence is most profoundly felt. 
And Jerusalem, of course, is even more profoundly felt in Jerusalem. Hashem is present. So because that's the place where it is almost the, the crown, you know, the palace room, and the place in which Hashem is most directly manifested, most, most, um, yeah, most directly manifested. So therefore, that's the place where you could say he's the king over there. Okay. So then, now we got up to day three. And day three, what's day three? What happened on day three? Everybody remember? Hashem separates between the water and the earth, and Hashem starts talking about that the earth should bring forth vegetation, herbage, trees, fruit. Why? So as to start the process of organic life. On the third day of the week, they would recite the psalm beginning, God stands in the congregation of God. Because on the third day of creation, he revealed the land in his wisdom and thereby prepared the world for his assembly that can now live on the dry land. On the fourth day of the week, they would recite the psalm. Oh, let's read the third one inside, sorry. A psalm of Asaph. God stands in the divine assembly. In the midst of judges shall he judge. Until when will you judge lawlessly and favor the presence of the wicked? Judge the needy and the orphan. Vindicate the poor and impoverished. Rescue the needy and destitute. From the hand of the wicked, deliver them. They do not know, nor do they understand. In darkness they walk. All foundations of the earth collapse. I said, you are angelic. Sons of the Most High are you all. But like men, you shall die. And like one of the princes, you shall fall. Arise, O God, judge the earth. For you allot the heritage among all the nations. Okay, so we start with Jerusalem, and then we go on to day three, we go on to the rest of the nations of the world. And when we talk about judge the needy and the orphan, vindicate the poor and impoverished, rescue the needy and destitute, this is a reference to on a micro level Jewish people needing to live our lives in a uplifted way. But it's also a reference to the fact that the nations of the world who are being persecuted in the Jewish people, there will be a day of judgment, right? in this world or the next, right? But there will be a day of judgment. On the fourth day of the week, they would recite the psalm beginning, O Lord God, to whom vengeance belongs. Because on the fourth day of creation, he created the sun and the moon. And in the future, he will punish and take vengeance upon those who worship them. So let's look at the fourth psalm. O God of vengeance, Hashem. O God of vengeance, appear. Arise, O judge of the earth. Render recompense to the haughty. How long shall the wicked, O Hashem, how long shall the wicked exalt? They speak freely. They utter malicious falsehood. They glorify themselves, all workers of iniquity. Your nation, Hashem, they crush and they afflict your heritage. The widow and the stranger, they slay and the orphans, they murder. And they say, God will not see, nor will the God of Jacob understand. Understand, you boars among the people and you fools. When will you gain wisdom? He who implants the ear, shall he not hear? He who fashions the eye, shall he not see? This is where Shakespeare got the merchant of Venice from. He who chastises nations, shall he not rebuke? He who teaches man knowledge. Hashem knows the thoughts of man that they are futile. Praiseworthy is the man whom God disciplines and whom you teach from your Torah. To give him rest from the days of evil until a pit is dug for the wicked. For Hashem will not cast off his people, nor will he forsake his heritage. For justice shall revert to righteousness, and following it will be all of upright heart. Who will rise up for me against the evildoers? Who will stand up for me against the workers of iniquity? Had Hashem not been a help to me, my soul would soon have dwelt in silence. If I said my foot falters, your kindness, Hashem, supported me. When my forebodings were abundant within me, your comforts cheered my soul. Can the throne of destruction be associated with you? 
Those who fashion evil into a way of life, they join together against the soul of the righteous and the blood of the innocent they condemn. Then Hashem became stronghold for me and my God, the rock of my refuge, turned upon them their own violence, and with their own evil, he will cut them off. Hashem, our God, will cut them off. Come, let us sing to Hashem. Let us call out to the rock of our salvation. Let us greet him with thanksgiving. With praiseful songs, let us call out to him. For a great God is Hashem and a great king above all heavenly powers. Okay? So what are we saying over here? We're focused now on day four. We're focused on the fact that Hashem created the world and he will punish and take vengeance upon those who worship them, worship the sun and the moon. But of course, it's not just worshiping the sun and the moon is a stand-in for a lack of belief, a lack of faith in God. And what could be better or worse, I should say, than people who say, we need to attack the Jewish people because the Jewish people, they stand for godliness. We need to destroy them, right? That is in essence, an act of idol worship. The same way idol worshipers say we don't believe in the power of God and we worship things that we can see, the physical world, these physical entities, so too, the same thing is true when it comes to those people who say we don't worship, we don't respect the Jewish people because the Jewish people represent godliness in this world. There are two primary reasons why anti-Semitism exists, right? One of them is people who are bothered by the lessons that we've taught the world. We are the conscience to the nations, as Hitler expressed. And I believe as, um, not Cassius, but the Cressida maybe, or Seneca, well, one of the, one of the um, Roman folks expressed the same idea. And then the other reason why anti-Semitism exists is because when we're not doing the right thing, it exists as a cudgel that help, you know, gently put us back in the right place. Am I being interrupted right now? Because someone's calling me. Is that, is that, you guys can hear me still? Yes, we can hear you. Awesome, awesome. Okay. Fifth day of the week, the Levite would recite the psalm beginning, sing aloud to God our strength, because on the fifth day of creation, he created birds and fish to praise his name. Let me ask you something. Do birds and fish praise Hashem's name? What was that? I was going to say, it must be a stand-in for something else. There are midrashim that describe the fact that, that animals do have a, a elevated sense of consciousness, whether they're able to communicate with us or not. They do have this elevated sense of consciousness, and there is some praise that they give Hashem. Um, that being said, a simple understanding, and certainly the way Rashi takes this understanding is, it's not that the animals have the ability to praise Hashem. It's that when we look at the incredible world that God created, we then have even more reason to praise Hashem. So it's not the birds and the fish themselves that praise Hashem, but it's that the birds and the fish were created so that we should look at this diversity of the world and then praise Hashem. Okay? So what is that? For the conductor, upon the gitis by Asaf, the gitis is a type of um, instrument. I'm not sure where, what it is. Sing joyously to the God of Aramite, call out to the God of Jacob. Raise a song and sound the drum, the sweet harp with the lyre. Blow the shofar at the, moon's, at the moon's renewal, at the time appointed for our festive day, because it is a decree for Israel, a judgment day for the God of Jacob. He imposed it as a testimony for Joseph when he went forth over the land of Egypt. I understood a language I never knew. I removed his shoulder from the burden. His hands let go of the kettle. In distress, you called out, and I released you. I answered you with thunder when you hid. I tested you at the waters of strife, Selah. 
Listen, my nation, and I will attest to you. O Israel, if you will but listen to me. There shall be no strange God within you, nor shall you bow before an alien God. I am Hashem, your God, who elevated you from the land of Egypt. Open wide your mouth, and I will fill it. But my people did not heed my voice, and Israel did not desire me. So I let them follow their heart's fantasies. They follow their own counsels. If only my people would heed me, Israel would walk in my ways. In an instant, I would subdue their foes, and against their tormentors, turn my hand. Those who hate Hashem lie to him, so their destiny is eternal. But he would feed them with the cream of the wheat, and with honey from a rock, say to you. In other words, if you if you hate Hashem, and then you lie to him, then your destiny is eternal. Because until, until you are willing to accept what you've done wrong, until you're willing to accept where you need to change and become a better person, then you're not going to change. And then this is going to be, your reality is going to be eternal judgment. So fifth day of the week, what did Hashem create? Fish and birds and fish. So on the fifth day, we describe the actions that Hashem takes in this world. And the reason why I describe that is because that's something else which we will then praise Hashem for. And now we get up to the sixth day of the week, today, Friday. On the sixth day of the week, they would recite the psalm beginning, the Lord reigns, he is clothed with majesty. Because on that day, he completed his labor and ruled over all of creation of full glory. In other words, the purpose of creation was to, for Hashem to have created humans, us. Right? The world was created right? the world was created for me. So until man was created, there was no purpose to creation. Right? Everything was what we would say just the, the process of setting up what will end up coming to fruition when man comes into this world. It was what we would call a mitzvah, preparation for the mitzvah, but not the mitzvah itself, so to speak. Right? So on the sixth day, Hashem creates man. And on the sixth day, he's now completed his labor and he's ruled over all creation. Okay, so let's look at what the sixth day psalm is. Today is the sixth day of the Sabbath on which the Levites would recite in the Holy Temple. Hashem will have reigned. Hashem will have donned, grand, donned grandeur. Hashem will have donned might and girded himself. He even made the world firm so that it should not falter. Your throne was established from of old. Eternal are you. Like rivers they raise their Hashem. Like rivers they raise their voice. Like rivers they shall raise their destructiveness. More than the roars of mighty waters, mightier than the waves of the sea, you are mighty on high, Hashem. Your testimonies are exceedingly trustworthy about your house, the sacred dwelling. Oh, Hashem, may it be for long days. So Friday, we start transitioning to Shabbos. There's a beautiful idea that is taught in the Hasidic world. There's a word that we use on Shabbat, on Friday. What do we call Friday? Erev Shabbos, right? What does Erev Shabbos mean, technically? It's the evening of Shabbos. Right. So when should, what should be Erev Shabbat? Friday night. Right. But yet we call Friday. No, if you, on Friday night, you say, hey, Erev, good, I good then Erev Shabbos to you. No, no, it's not Erev Shabbos anymore. It's Shabbos, right? Well, we associate Erev Shabbos with this before Shabbos comes in. Okay? Now, it is true that Erev does have a secondary meaning, and the technical answer is that Erev has a secondary meaning of meaning before. The Hasidish idea, the Hasidish thought that is expressed is Erev is related to the word Arev, to be mixed together. Okay? And what this references is that the, some of the holiness of Shabbos seeps its way into the week. And it already starts manifesting itself before Shabbos begins. When Shabbos comes in, we're on a different level. 
I have a student who told me recently, I asked him, how's he doing with Shabbos? Not how's he doing, because he's, he's religious now for a year and a half, and he's Shomer Shabbat for a while. But I said, like, what do you feel like? And he said, last week, actually, for the very first time, he said to himself, I can't wait for it to be Shabbos, and I'm disappointed that it's going to only last for 25 hours. Right? Well, the, the, the power of Shabbos comes into our lives already starting on Arab Shabbos. And if we allow it to, it can, it can pervade our entire week from beginning to end. But it, particularly on Arab Shabbos, the power starts coming into this world. Perhaps because there's Shabbos already happening in other places of the world. So Shabbos is being celebrated right this minute, right? If you are in Israel right now, you'd be in the middle of your Friday night suda, right? So this power of Shabbos is here already, right? It's in the world. So, Erev Shabbos, the power begins. And when that power comes into this world, what happens is we already start getting some of that energy and that feeling of, of connection to Hashem. The Neshama Yisera, the additional soul, is already in this world. There's another way in which we explain this. It also refers to the seven millennia. Right? The tradition is that there's going to be seven millennia total. And the seven... The seventh millennia of the 7,000th year, year 7,000, from, you know, 6,000 until 7,000 is when the end of, the, of this world will be, and Hashem will reveal himself to the world. We are now in the sixth millennia. We're in 5783. And since we're already in 5783, there already is a concept of Arab Shabbos taking place. There already is a mix of some of that energy, the Mashiach energy, right? The seventh millennia energy is already manifesting itself to a certain extent now. We can tap into that. But it's up to us to really make sure we tap it. So let's let's finish. Can I have a question? Yeah, go ahead. Um, Arev was there's the uh, expression about Arevim Israel Zebaze. Yeah. Yeah. So that's not mixed with each other. That's uh kind of see yeah. each other's back. They're they're guaranteed. Yeah, guarantee yeah. each other. So yeah. how does that fit in? I think it comes from the same idea. It comes from the same idea as that we're mixed together, right? In other words, if my if I go borrow money from Alana, say, Alana, can I borrow money from you? I need $100. I'll pay you back next week. Alana gives me money. She puts it in my right hand. Next week, I say, uh, my left hand says, I don't have to pay you back. It was the right hand that borrowed it, not the left hand, right? Obviously, that would be foolish, right? Obviously, they're the same thing, right? It's the same entity. So the, the idea of being a guarantor, I think, might be related to, it's a way of mixing obligations together, right? It's a halachic term, by the way. It's actually a halachic term. It is not just a beautiful sentiment, although, of course, it is that as well, but it is a halachic term. It allows me to make kiddush for someone else, even though I already made kiddush. Because until you have fulfilled your obligation, I have not fully fulfilled my obligation because we're all one part of an entity. To the final one. Final one is on page 488, right? Shir Shal that we say tomorrow, of course, right? Mizmar Shir Liyom Shabbos, right? Something we say multiple times on Shabbos. A psalm, a song for the Sabbath day. It is good to thank Hashem and to sing praise to your name, O exalted one. To relate your kindness in the dawn and your faith in the nights. Upon ten stringed instruments of lyre, with singing accompanied by a harp. For you have gladdened me, Hashem, with your deeds, at the works of your hands I sing glad songs. How great are your deeds, Hashem, with you, me, profound are your thoughts. 
A boar cannot know, nor can a fool understand this. When the wicked bloom like grass and all the doors of iniquity blossom, it is to destroy them till eternity, right? You make a mistake of thinking, oh, good things are happening to evil people, right? You missed the point. Completely bury the lead. The real existence is in the world to come. And in that existence, they will be up to great. But you remain exalted forever, Hashem. For behold, your enemies, Hashem, for behold, your enemies shall perish. Dispersely shall be all doers of iniquity. As exalted as rain shall be my pride, I will be saturated with ever fresh oil. My eyes have seen my vigilant foes, when those who would harm me rise up against me, my ears have heard their doom. A righteous man will flourish like a date palm, like a cedar in the Lebanon, he will grow tall. Planted in the house of Hashem in the courtyards of our God, they will flourish. They will still be fruitful in old age, vigorous and fresh they will be. We declare that Hashem is just, my rock in whom there is no wrong. Now, Yomara says, what is this a reference to? This is a reference to a Yom Shekulo Shabbos. The future day, future world will be a day that is all Shabbos, right? This is a reference to a future time period. So everything up until Shabbos is a reference to the world that we live in today. The one that we say on Shabbos is a reference to what will be taking place in the future. Okay? Now, in this world that we live in today, we need to be operating. We need to be working. We need to be accomplishing and creating physical activity and changing this world in creative ways. But in Mashiach Zeitin, right, when Mashiach comes, right, and when we're in a world to come era, we're no longer necessary for us to be doing things, right? We're, we're basking in the glory of God. It's a completely different existence. Each and every week on Shabbos, we have a taste of that. We have Me'in Olam Haba. We have a bit of a taste of what that will look like in the world to come. So on Shabbos, that's what we refer to in this psalm. We also say this psalm, you know, Friday night as well, right? This is something that it's a, a hyper focus of what we sing on, on Shabbos because Shabbos is a time period when we are getting, like I said, a taste of what the world to come will be like and when everything will be revealed and the reasons why the wicked were rewarded and the righteous were punished will become abundantly clear why that is so when we reach this era, this time period of revealed presence of God in this world. That's the idea. Yeah, I think um, I think that means that we are finished. We are finished with the daily prayer service. Um, it's an accomplishment. We've been doing this for a long time. It's a serious accomplishment. Everyone should make a lachaim tonight at the Suda and say, uh, we made a seam today. And then, of course, as we know, when we finish a Talmud passage, when we finish a, a Masechda, a Talmud, or a Mishnah, we say, Chazak, Chazak, Benit Chazek, right? And we say, Hadran Allah, right? We will return on to you. Because in Judaism, there's no, there's no finishing it, right? There's, I finish this cycle, but then you go right back again and start again from the beginning. Of course, with, with Tefillah, when we're learning about Davani, the obvious parallel is we're going to go straight from Tefillah to actually putting it into practice, which we're, we do anyways. But to be putting everything and, and now put the whole, whole picture all together to be able to pray on a daily basis with so much more meaning, hopefully. We started off by titling the class, Obligation to Privilege. I, I really hope that, uh, that we got there. We got the privilege. We got the privilege, at least sometimes, where we have that sense of privilege. I have a student who, um, who doesn't have the easiest time connecting to prayer. And he told me recently that he had a, a real breakthrough in his physical, um, in his, you know, his startup. And he, he was giving out, you know, equity to employees. 
And he, he just felt he was over, actually overwhelmed with emotion and, and, and gratitude to Hashem. And he wanted to express his gratitude to Hashem. But I said, that's what tefillah is for. Tefillah is for modim. Tefillah is when you say modim, there's so much gratitude, so many things that we have to be grateful for. Alana's sitting there thinking about her, her wonderful sons and, and her grandchildren and, and for her granddaughter and grandson. And so she says modim. And when she says modim, she says, thank you, Hashem, for having given me this beautiful world, this beautiful life. And obviously, Chuck and Barbara also. You also have the, the, the children and the grandchildren who are fantastic. I know them personally. I can't say that about your children, your grandchildren. And, and you're also, that's when you say modem, that's when you have an opportunity to thank Hashem, right? So it went from obligation to privilege. And uh, we should be Zoha to a Yom Shekul or Shabbos. Right? We should merit to a, a day when everything will be. Right? For now. Shalom. 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 Shalom.